1529, Martin Luther wrote a small catechism. People didn't know much about the Christian faith, and he identified six things fundamental to our Christian faith, and around those six topics he wrote, including questions and answers about the Lord's Prayer. As we consider the fifth petition, I thought it would be helpful to look and to speak Martin Luther's words together. As I speak, the petition and the question, and if you would answer as it is before you. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. There's more than enough to think about here, but let's do that in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And by the way, if that sun is very annoying, that's the sunshine, not the sun. Feel free to, to move. That is not a problem whatsoever. It'd be more annoying to sit there and uh, be uncomfortable. Forgiven and forgiving. That's what all of this is about. What we've said, what we've heard, what we've sung, and what we pray about in the prayer our Lord Jesus gave us. As I thought about that, I realized there are a lot of things, at least some things in life, that are easy. But at the same time, there are many things that are quite difficult, even very difficult. It's really relatively easy to make children, yeah? But it's very difficult to be parent, a good parent, to a child or children. It's very easy to say, I'm going to do something, but it's not always easy. In fact, it's difficult to carry that out and do it. And it's easy to sin, isn't it? All too easy at times. And it's difficult, even very difficult, to forgive. That's how it is with these 12 words of the fifth petition. Easy to say, but difficult to make our own and to exercise. Forgiveness. I could do a sermon series on forgiveness. We could have a long and meaningful talk about this, but fundamental to it, we've got to understand that what forgiveness is, not about forgetting. It's not forgive and forget. The Bible doesn't say that. To forgive is to set aside the notion that we are going to get even with somebody. When a wrong is done to us, we give up that right, that, that sense that we want to get even. That is part of what forgiveness is. And in a very absolute sense, forgiveness is all about God. That's 
precisely where forgiveness begins. We have the ability to sin, but it's God who has the ability to forgive. That is what he is all about, as he's given us the means for that forgiveness, Jesus, his son. And Jesus is the one who did what was necessary so that we could be forgiven and so that we can forgive. It's only God, you see, who can forgive totally from the heart in every circumstance, perfectly and fully. That's God. Only God can forgive like that. But we have a temptation, don't we? And sometimes that temptation is that we don't really need to be forgiven. We'd rather have God just forget it or act like it didn't happen, whatever the wrong was that we committed. At least that is sometimes what goes through our head and heart. Or we may say, if only silently to ourselves, you know, I'm not like one of those folks who have a big sin in front of them. I may not be perfect, but I'm not all that bad. And then we begin to slide toward the notion, again, spoken or unspoken, that we really don't need forgiveness. Have you ever looked at the Ten Commandments? They say a lot. I'm sure, quite frankly, that if a Christian, many Christians, were asked, what are those Ten Commandments? Well, they, they know the title, but fewer could delineate what those Ten Commandments are about. And that's where we begin to wrestle with sin. You shall have no other gods. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't covet. Don't covet. To remember those and to do for ourselves what Jesus did with those commands doesn't leave us thinking like I mentioned. In Jesus' sermon, his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he took sins, not all of them, but representative, and he took them to the core. He said lust is a sin, not just adultery. He said hurting or hating is equivalent to murder, not just taking unlawfully someone's life. And on and on he went. Nothing minor about any of that as he paired them together. And if ever we aren't quite sure or don't believe that we've sinned, even Martin Luther takes us to the Ten Commandments and says, read these, think about these and their meanings. And he wrote meanings for us to do just that. We do need God's forgiveness. If ever we think we don't, we do understand that. Now, the Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth, the truth is not in us. And if we need that reminder, the Bible tells us. We say that even often. It's in the liturgy of the hymn book in front of you. And maybe we need to say that passage in conjunction with the confession maybe more often. 
Because the truth is that we do sin. Sometimes deliberately, sometimes unconscious, unconsciously, but we do. And remember, there is no such thing as a little sin that doesn't need to be confessed. It's not in God's book a matter of little sins and big sins, and only some of them need to be dealt with. Not at all. We need to receive forgiveness. We need it, and we receive it. There's another aspect to this, you see. There are some folks, and maybe any of us, at certain points when a sin of ours is great, we begin to wonder and even doubt whether God can, in fact, forgive us that particular sin. It's too big, we may say. God, could he ever forgive me for this? We don't feel like we deserve it. And you know, that part is true. We don't deserve forgiveness. And that's why it's so precious, because God decides to forgive, to pray it in this petition, forgive me, forgive us, our trespasses. We join together with others, but we ask God to do what only he can do and really what he longs to do. And we are here to receive a gift, his gift. And you know, I know, sometimes it's one thing to give a gift, but it's hard for many of us to receive a gift. But that gift of God in forgiveness through Jesus is one he calls us to embrace. And we open ourselves to that even as we pray this petition. God longs to remove the barriers between himself and us. God wants things, and he has worked hard to make sure that we can receive his forgiveness. And we can be assured he will. He absolutely will. We don't deserve it, but Jesus ensures it. And it's free, absolutely free. Now, you understand, and I didn't understand this for a long time. Free doesn't mean there is no cost. What it means is there is no cost to me. There is no cost to you. There was, however, a great cost in anything, any gift. And the cost of our forgiveness was Jesus. What Jesus paid in his life, in his suffering, and his death, that's the price that was paid for our forgiveness that makes it free for us because Jesus did it for us. He paid the price. We get the benefit. And so we pray, forgive us our sins. Or as the King James Version put it, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Not everybody, when they pray that prayer, uses the word trespass. But that's what the word in King James Version is. And that paints a picture for me, for you. Stepping over a line is what a trespass is. And for God, the line is what divides good and evil. His word and those things against his word. And when we move from the side of God to step over the line toward evil, that's trespassing. And that picture can come to mind to help us confess our sins. It was Matthew in one of the more current versions 
that quotes Jesus saying, forgive us our debts. I don't have to explain that one, do I? We all have or even still live in debt. And in yet another way, Luke, as he records these words, says, forgive us our sins. And so as we pray, can in certain circumstances be any one of those trespasses, debts, or sins? They all add up to be the same thing. And you heard the parable, the parable that Jesus told and I just read. How great it is to be forgiven, but then how necessary it is for us to forgive as we have been forgiven, what this very prayer is all about. For us to forgive is our privilege. It is part of our mission. It's a necessary part of being forgiven. It's a command that Jesus has given us. On Easter evening, to get ahead of the Lenten story, he gathered his disciples together, and to make sure that they understood what he had done, he looked at those 11 disciples, and he said, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. And in doing so, he gave them the command to forgive. And it's important that we understand that. As he said, receive the Holy Spirit, forgive. And the same forgiveness that's commanded is made possible. So if we feel like we can't forgive, well, quite frankly, that's the truth. We can't, not by ourselves. I hear that often. I see that in movies. I read it in books. I hear it around me. I just can't find it in myself to forgive this person or that offense. And it is true. We can't, of our own, forgive. We can only forgive as we have been forgiven, which means when we issue forgiveness, it's not from our hearts. It's from God through our hearts. And that's what makes it possible and even wonderful. Now, it may take a while to be able to say, I forgive. And it may even take longer for that to find its truth within us. Maybe we need to say it and then grow into it. And there's that temptation too. And I found that in our family, and we've talked about that. When there's a wrong being done, it's easy to say, oh, oh, that's okay, no problem. We've reminded ourselves to say, and it's difficult, and I, I fail at this, I forgive you. That's the key that we need to remember even as we pray this prayer, to say it out loud and then to grow into forgiveness for another person. The burden and the curse of not forgiving great. The burden that's lifted is not only lifted from the person who has made the sin against us, but the burden we don't carry any longer either, because that's what forgiveness does on both sides of the dynamic. There's so much here, so much here. And I thought about this, someone else said it, and I, it's got another picture in my mind forever. And it was said that forgiving is like taking out the garbage. 
I think of that from now, now and then as I take out the garbage. Taking out the garbage as the little story goes and your neighbor comes up to you and offers you a piece of pie. Well, you're busy with the garbage and you can't really reach out and receive that piece of pie, which you really want to do until you let go of the garbage. That's forgiveness. And the pie is the unburdening of oneself and the other. Taking out the garbage. Think about that when you do. Again and again. Not just seven times as Jesus, as Peter thought would be a, a really generous thing. Seventy times seven. Or this translation, seventy-seven times. Seventy times seven not just 490, not just 77, but always. It's easy. It's easy to pray these words. It's hard to fully understand. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But it's a place to begin thinking as I'm thinking and speaking and as you're thinking and meditating, I trust. This is at the very heart of our faith, and it's at the very heart of the prayer we pray so often, together and by ourselves. What powerful medicine for our souls. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.